May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> You've all heard the pearly gates jokes, right? The uh, rich man who smuggles in a couple of bars of gold and St. Peter asks him why he brought pavement or the, the badger fan that gets told to just, just be quiet because the bulldog fans think they're the only ones up here. There are hundreds of others, right? But you ever, you ever think about that? Why? Why do we joke about dying and try to get to go to heaven? I mean, that, that seems like a little bit of a serious matter to be joking about, right? You think we're deflecting a little bit? You, th- you think it's a defense mechanism? We know it's a serious thing, the most serious thing, the thing that matters for eternity. What happens when I die? Where am I going to spend my my eternity? And so when there are things that scare us, quite often we find ways to distract from them, right? To to deflect, to to, to think about other ways to to soften it, to, to make it less intimidating. And so we talk about the priest, the rabbi, and the plumber that show up at the pearly gates. But we know better right? There is really nothing funny, no matter how good the punchline is, there's nothing funny about what our readings for this day in the church year are talking about, this this last Sunday of the church year, this end times Sunday. I mean, think about what's going on in our world. I know they're in a, a brief ceasefire, but Israel has vowed that The war is not over until Hamas is eradicated, and Hamas's whole purpose for existence is to get rid of Israel. I mean, think about what happened seven weeks ago. October 7th, thousands of Hamas militants burst across the border from Gaza to Israel and and killed over 1,200 people in that surprise attack, took hundreds of hostages, women, children, the elderly, And Israel began fighting back almost immediately. They've killed over 12,000 Palestinians now, the the reports say. The battles just just kept intensifying. Other nations started getting involved, Lebanon and Iran. Even our own president has pledged $14.3 billion in military support for, for Israel. And you've probably seen on social media, Facebook, Instagram, X, TikTok, they're all exploding with people telling you that this is it. Armageddon, the war to end all wars, it's the end of times. And you've probably heard people telling you that all of this was prophesied in Revelation. And they try to make comparisons with the political leaders of our day and, and the military arsenal that, that's being used. They're, they're telling you that the end is near and you've got to make a decision on which side you're going to support because it's Armageddon, it, 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 it's fear factor times ten. But I think even they are missing how serious what our text is talking about today is. Look at how our text starts. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him. 
Do you think the videos of the Iron Dome in action are impressive or those scenes of tanks lined up upon tanks and all the, the soldiers? You think about the military arsenal, the, the artillery at our disposal, the aircraft carriers and the destroyers and the battleships and the nuclear submarines and the attack drones. You think all of that is impressive? You think that's scary? That's nothing compared to what we just read. Let this verse sink in. When the Son of Man comes in his glory. The Son of Man, that's God. The one Daniel talked about in our first lesson. The, the, the one who, who looked like a man but was true God with all the glory and power and honor and prestige of God. The one in God's presence sitting on his throne. The one with all the power. Remember, that son of man name was the name that Jesus most often used to refer to himself. That's him. With all the power and glory and honor. But you see, we're used to seeing him in his state of humiliation. right? That's what we talk about when Jesus, the Son of God, true God from all eternity, set aside the full use of his divine power for a time so that he could become human, so that we could relate to him, so that we could see him and comprehend him and understand at least a little bit of what God is like. He had all of that power and glory and authority, but he had set it aside first time he came. He came as a human in his state of humiliation. But on the last day, when the Son of Man comes in his glory with all the angels with him. I mean, think about his glory. The Israelites saw a glimpse of his glory, right? In the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire and the splitting of the Red Sea. They, they saw a shadow of his glory from a distance. Uh, the, the fire and the thunder on top of Mount Sinai. And, and they saw Moses' face shining when he returned from, from speaking with God. They saw a little bit of his power in the you know 185,000 Assyrian soldiers killed in one night. Or, or the uh, uh, walls of Jericho falling down. They saw glimpses of his power. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, and think about that, one angel terrified anyone that it appeared to. Right? Mary was terrified. Zechariah was terrified. One angel took out the firstborn of every Egyptian household in one night. One angel made that troop of soldiers at Jesus' tomb faint in fear. And here the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him. I, I was going to say, can you imagine that? But I know you can't, so I won't even ask. This will be a scene. The, the famous hymn sings, All mirth and laughter then shall cease when flames on flames will still increase as Scripture truly teaches. You think? All mirth and laughter ceasing at that scene? So three lawyers die and show up at the pearly gates. No! That's not funny! This is serious. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, it is judgment day. And notice, no one is appearing before some, some surrogate. No, no one's going before St. Peter in our text. 
All the nations will be gathered before Jesus, sitting on his throne, to judge. Verse 32. And he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. This judgment day is not the scene of some great battle in the plain of Megiddo. The battle is already done and won at that point. Jesus declared it on Calvary. It is finished. And yes, we are living in a world that is at battle because Satan and all the forces of evil, the the, the sinful society in which we live, our own sinful hearts are constantly lashing out uh, against the one on the throne And yes, Revelation does picture the spiritual battle that we're undergoing right now with physical terms that the readers of of his day could have understood. But, But see what Jesus shows us today. On Judgment Day, that's all done. When it is all said and done, the Son of Man is on his throne and we are before him. And I know that too could be scary because we know the evidence right? You know your failures, the, the, the things you don't want to talk about, your weaknesses and your shame. The Holy One is on his throne in his glory, and we should be destroyed. But, but look at what he says. Come to me, you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. That doesn't make sense. We're sinners. But, but he calls us blessed. God wanted us from the day he dreamt us up. So he prepared a kingdom for us. And he planted that kingdom in each of our hearts. That's why we're here today, isn't it? Because we believe. Confess it in a minute that we believe in God the Father who created us and in God the Son who redeemed us and in God the Holy Spirit who who claimed us by faith. We are blessed by the Father. And then you see in here the judge displays the evidence of the verdict. He points to the, 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 the good deeds. You see, because we are blessed by the Father, our sins are washed away. So they are not what's on display here. They're gone. Instead, he shows all the good things that we did by faith. And you know they're by faith because look at what we're going to be saying here. When did we do those things? In other words, we're not looking to our own deeds as as our ticket here. We're not counting on what we've done. We're trusting in Jesus. And that is made really clear in the contrast with the unbelievers, the, the goats on his left. To them he says, depart from me, you who are cursed. And look at what they'll be saying, but but, but what did we do? Or what didn't we do? You see, because they had been looking at their own actions and activity and seeing that, that to them it all seemed pretty good. They were looking to themselves instead of to their Savior. They were living for this world and in so doing were actually running away from God in their lives as evidenced by all the things that they hadn't done out of love for God. And a good and merciful father 
has prepared a place where evil is no more. Where there's no more war or rumor of war, where there is no fear or sin or anything to draw us away from him. So to those who spent their lives running away from him, he gives them their wish and says, depart. Depart from me, you who are cursed. So now, how do you know that's not you? Like I said, we'll, we'll confess it in a few minutes. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate. Notice, these are all things that he has done for us, not things that we have done. He was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. That's what we're talking about on this judgment day. He is coming back in all his glory to judge. Isn't it nice to know that the one on the throne is the one that did all of that for you? He was crucified, died, buried for you. And now he is the one who will separate you from all the junk of this world and the stress of this life. He'll say, come, you who are blessed by my Father. So whatever happens with the the war in the Middle East, even if it becomes World War III, it doesn't really matter. God had prophesied that Israel would always be fighting with her brothers. In Revelation, there are pictures. Jesus, in the verses just before our text, had had told us that when you see wars and rumors of war, there's one reason for that. It's telling us to be ready. To be ready by faith. Because the day is near. The Son of Man is coming in his glory and all the angels with him. And every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that the throne belongs to him and that his judgment is just. And thank God that he judges us not based on what we have done, but based on what he has done so that we are blessed by the Father. So we sang, O Jesus Christ, do not delay, but hasten our salvation. We often tremble on the way in fear and tribulation. Your saints are waiting patiently. Come soon, Redeemer. Make us free from every evil. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.